0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information.
1: Hey, there's the music. That means it's time for Animal Talk. Some of the best dog, on pet people on the planet here to help you with your pets. That's that's what we're all about. Like that guy sitting across from me.
2: I am Brian Donovan and I speak one syllable words.
1: <laughs> syllable. Uh. Syllable. Today pushing our buttons.
3: Oh, Matt Fox and I'm driving. <laughs> like not like Sam driving but I'm driving.
1: Yeah, who's being very dangerous in, in podcasting while driving. Samantha, this is bad bad modeling here, miss.
3: She's muted so Sam she's Mark. all
1: right. All right. Don't yeah, just pull over and you can join the party later uh is there a doctor in the house actually we got two today dr karen dr michelle uh from the serenity animal hospital we're gonna be throwing some uh vet questions their way and uh um we have another guest i don't know if people well the people joining us on facebook can see but uh my niece lillian uh is with us um lillian welcome to animal talk (laughs) Lillian, what did I bribe you with today to make you come onto the show?
4: Um, <laughs> You said I could talk to Brian Barczyk.
1: I did, and I'm a big liar. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, our buddy Brian Barczyk, he, uh, he owns a... Just all all things reptiles. He's like one of the largest reptiles distributors uh, in the United States, and he's got a he's got an amazing zoo that he created, uh, and he just expanded it. Um, and he has a YouTube channel and a Facebook uh, blog, and uh, he he breeds reptiles. And uh, Lillian, you're a, you're a big fan of Brian's. Um, you're a big fan of reptiles, right?
3: Yes.
1: What is your snakes in particular? Snakes in particular. So you can't just because your parents are really mean, uh, and they won't let you have a snake. <laughs> I can say my other nieces and nephew, they're mean. No, well, you know, hey, that's their thing, right? Uh, but uh, if you what what kind of if you could have one, what would you have? What would what would be the first uh, snake you would get if you could get one?
4: Um, either a eastern hognose or a ball python.
1: Ooh, how big do them ball pythons get? Cause you watch Brian a lot. He's like really informative. You, you know so much about these guys.
4: Um, I think like they get like, they get moderate size. So I think like, like three to four feet maybe.
1: Yeah, I'm not wow. quite sure, but. Uh, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, so Brian, uh, expanded the Brian, uh, bar check, uh, was part of the animal talk crew. And when we were on terrestrial radio and, uh, we had, we were going to, check in with him to see how he did. Cause he just expanded the Reptarium and, and Lillian's such a huge fan. Lillian, we got to go out there, right? It was, uh, was that like February, January, February? Or was that, uh...
3: uh,
4: some, uh, yeah, I think it was January.
1: Yeah. It was like winter break. And, uh, you guys came up and, and Brian gave us a whole backstage tour, uh, of the Reptarium and, uh, it was a ton of fun. And so I figured we'd be talking to Brian. I wanted to bring you in and, uh, have you help us with the conversation. But since Brian's not here, uh, we're just going to torment you, Lillian. That's pretty much, that's pretty much what we're going to (laughs) do.
0: I have a suggestion for Lily. I I think she should start with corn snakes first because they're little and they're pretty. And maybe Mm. she could, uh, they only, they eat mice. So it's not like you have to get bigger critters and maybe that way you could encourage your parents to let you have bigger
1: snakes. Yeah. I don't know. You think mom and dad are going to go for it? No. (laughs) She's she's trying. Mom, dad,
3: it's called stepping stones. You start small, then we'll work our way up.
1: That's that's probably what they're afraid of. They're like, yeah, if we start with a small one. We're going to have that anaconda in the house before you know it.
2: No, you guys got it wrong. You got it all wrong. Say, I want a king cobra.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then when they say no, say, okay, I'll just take the corn snake gun. Yeah. (laughs) That's a C. I think Brian has got the... Got that. All right. We're going to test your general animal knowledge, Lillian, before we let you let you go. Or you can hang out as long as you want. All right. But uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions here. Multiple guests, right? It's uh, So it's it's not that tough. Oh, there was a fun one. I like monkeys. Where's my monkey question? Um, all right. So, Lillian, you know your monkey is normal if, A, he is nearsighted, B, he is farsighted, or C, he is cross eyed. <laughs> so your monkey is normal if he's nearsighted, farsighted, or cross eyed.
4: Um, uh, um, I guess I'll go with C.
1: The answer is always C, except in this case. <laughs> all monkeys are nearsighted. That was A. Monkeys, uh, most all monkeys are nearsighted. All right, so um, here we go. Here's a here's a here's a thing. Do you guys have a you guys have a garden out there? Right, you guys like uh, eat vegetables, yeah. and you guys got a garden. Um, do you do you have trouble with rabbits in, in your garden? Mm, well.
4: At the moment, it's overgrown with weeds, but (laughs) not really.
1: All right. So rabbits love gardens, right? So if you want to protect your garden, you should make a large scare rabbit. Uh, You should pray for a guardian angel to guard your garden. Or C, you should plant two rows of onions around it. What do you think you should do to protect your garden?
4: Probably plant two rows of onions around it.
1: You would be correct. The old farmer's almanac says that an onion fence will keep rabbits away, and apparently, actually,
4: there is wild onions growing in our garden.
1: Yeah, there you go. It's probably probably helping to keep the uh, keeping the critters uh, away. Um,
0: The only concern with the onions is make sure your dogs and cats don't get to them because those are toxic to them.
1: Oh. Lillian, do you guys have any other? Do you guys have any other pets? Do you have any pets at all? No, because nope. we got allergies and stuff over there, right? People are allergic. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Lillian. Yeah. Can, we, can, Lillian, can snakes sleep?
4: Yes, but you don't know. You don't. You can't really tell because they don't have eyelids. So the only way you can tell is if they're if they're not flicking their tongue in and out. Uh,
1: okay. But Back do, on. But, but
3: do
2: that. that's the
1: same way you can tell how I'm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> But do they dream? That's the question. That's,
3: <laughs> yeah, their tails do this.
1: That's that's what we want to know. All right, all right, Lillian, I'll, I, that's enough torture for for one day. Hey, Jamie. Uh, yeah.
2: You know, I have a question uh, for Dr. Karen and uh, Dr. Yeah. Michelle. Um, what uh, What's going on in the veterinary world right now? I know, I know, you're open for business, correct? Yes. Uh, but um, are people? Uh, uh, With social distancing, and I know when dogs get in the uh, in the waiting room, you know they like to visit, and people like to you know talk to each other. What what, what are you seeing in your in your uh, in your vestibule in your clinics? Um, are, how are things different now with the with the, the new the orders?
4: So right now, clients are not allowed in the building at all. Um, oh really? When they, okay. When they get to the clinic, they call with their phone. And say, hey, I'm here. And then uh, we get their phone number and their make of their vehicle. And then the technician calls them back, mm. talks to them about why they're there, what's, what's going on. And then they bring their dog up to the front of the building and hand the leash off to my technician. Then we do everything in the hospital with that animal. And then I call the client on the phone, go over what I did, charge them out over the phone. And then I bring the dog outside and hand him off oh. to the owner.
2: So it's really no different than the, the Chinese restaurant down the street,
4: right? Takeout. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay.
0: And that's state mandated as well. That's not just our policy. Um, okay. All the vet clinics that are open, because some are closed, are pretty much practicing the same um, type of, of uh, procedures.
2: Okay. See, I didn't. I didn't know that. I knew that you're a you're considered a uh, you know a necessary service. Correct. time, But I, I just, I didn't know how that was operating. That's interesting. Mm-hmm.
4: And it's still medical only or vaccines for diseases that um, people can get from their animals. We have to vaccinate for rabies, vaccinate for leptospirosis. It's a bacteria that dogs can transfer onto humans. So we still do those things. We still do puppy and kitten vaccines because we don't need them getting sick and dying because they didn't get their vaccines.
2: Right. And I think it's worth saying uh, once again, because, uh, I, again, I read another news story about um, a little, I guess, a nervous uh, you know, sentiment out there about pets and zoonotic disease, especially with regard to COVID-19. Um, that's not happening currently, right? There, are, there have been no transmissions from, from pets to, to their, uh, their pet owners at this point, Right.
0: Correct. It seems like what we're seeing more than anything else is pets getting it from their owners.
2: Now, are you seeing that in your clinic?
0: Well, we aren't, I don't think we've really seen it at our place, but just the very, very small handful of reported situations have all been uh, pretty much kind of transmitted from the owner or the caregiver to the pet. And most of the time, uh the pet just gets if anything if any symptoms at all just like a mild cough um, so it's like a like a kennel
2: cough type of thing
0: yeah but not even it it sounds like it's not even as severe as kennel cough it's very mild and pretty much goes away within a day or two um and same you know with uh, the uh, the cats and and such the tigers that were reported um we are potentially concerned about people who are positive for COVID coughing on their animals and having the virus um, get into their fur. Um, It has still not been shown that there is any risk of transmission from the fur to a person, but it's still something in the back of our minds.
1: All right. So here's an interesting story out of the Washington Post. Uh, Karen Bulliard uh, did some Crack reporting, and the headline reads, dogs are being trained to sniff out coronavirus cases. So, yeah, so in the Washington Post, some states move to reopen weeks after weeks of shutdown of infectious disease. Uh, Experts are saying the prevention of future coronavirus outbreaks will require scaling up of testing and identifying asymptomatic carriers. There are eight Labrador retrievers um, using their powerful noses. They're being enlisted to help, so dogs are the first trainees in the University of Pennsylvania's research project to determine whether or not canines can detect odor associated with the virus that causes the disease COVID nineteen. If so, they might eventually be used as sort of a canine surveillance corpse. Uh, the university uh, is doing non invasive uh, four legged ma- method of screening of people in airports, businesses, and hospitals. So they're testing these dogs out uh they're using uh urine and saliva samples from from people who have both tested positive and and free of the virus uh and they're trying to see if the dogs can uh can trigger um on the people that are positive but you know
2: they say they say that's non-invasive but you know those dogs are sniffing your crotch (laughs) now i don't know about you but i consider that invasive
1: that's (laughs) a little that's a little invasive Man, science, right? Science will save us, I think. That's right. Dogs will save us. Set loose.
0: I think it's a great idea. I mean, dogs have such sensitive, uh, you know, sense of smell that they can pick up so many things. And if this is something that works, it's great. My only concern would be the dogs getting it.
3: Oh, yeah. Right, right. Yeah.
2: See, it doesn't work. It doesn't work with me, though. When the dogs sniff me, they usually pick up the tater tots in my pockets. <laughs> <laughs> it's, hard. it's hard to...
3: Kind of masks other things. I thought you kept bacon in your pockets, friend. Well, you know, it depends on the
1: day. (laughs) Uh, That's the necklace he he wears. is the bacon. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I do have a a medical question uh, here. There's uh, something wrong with our dog's ear, we think. My housemate's dog has been acting. Like something is wrong with his ear. First, he tried to push his ear into my hand for me to scratch around the base, close to his head. Now he's walking crooked with the sensitive ear tilted down. He's not whimpering or acting like he's hurt, Hmm. but he just seems off. My housemate took him to the vet, looked in the ear and said, it's probably just allergies and gave the dog allergy medication, but that doesn't seem to be helping. Uh, What could this be symptomatic of? So a dog walking all cockeyed and 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 being being off just not. I right. like
2: the, I like how the uh, the roommate is diagnosing this. That's pretty interesting, isn't
1: it? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. They're bored, right? They got they got a little time on their hands. I guess
0: my biggest question would be: Are they looking in the ear just by flipping the flap of the ear over and looking in it, or are they actually looking in it with an otoscope? Um, because a lot of times there's a lot you can see with an otoscope that you can't see just by looking in the ear itself. Could be wax even accumulating in the ear or an early infection, especially Hmm. if the dog is that sensitive and is turning its head downward. Hmm. Sometimes they can have a middle ear infection um, that isn't as obvious on the outside.
3: Agreed question um you know michelle i could have done
2: that what do you mean agree <laughs> agreed. <laughs> anything, anything karen says i'm gonna say agree
3: <laughs> something that's always i'm curious um because a lot of things when people start talking about the inner ear with humans or what have you with with pets and animals and dogs can, can dogs get vertigo
4: yes oh they can and they walk in circles because they can't they get like dizzy they'll vomit they can walk in circles and it'll look like their eyes are going back and forth like they're reading a book. Wow. Um, All right. Huh.
3: Yep. Is that, that's like an inner uh, inner ear, like a calcium buildup. You know, how would you? you know, what would you do to help the animal if they were suffering from a vertigo incident?
4: We manage their like if they're nauseous, we give them anti nausea meds. If it looks like they they have an inner ear infection, we'll get them on like oral antibiotics because topical is not going to get down into the middle ear. And sometimes there's other reasons. It happens in old dogs too, where for just no reason whatsoever, they just, they get what's called um, vestibular disease, which is like vertigo in people. Thank you
0: for that. And unfortunately, a lot of times they're misdiagnosed as having had a stroke or a brain tumor and, uh, and sometimes written off because of that. So it's Mm -hmm. always good to, you know, have that checked out by a veterinarian. Um, don't just assume it's something really bad because most dogs that have that condition, it does resolve uh, most of the time, a hundred percent. And in some cases, they're still residual, especially if they're an older dog. But it's not a ne- necessarily a death sentence.
1: Well, thank
3: you. Huh.
0: Yep.
1: All right. Did you know today is National Tabby Cat Day? <laughs> <laughs>
0: a few of those
1: it is uh yeah 2020 i know that it's a cat did you know that michelle
4: did not know that oh yeah
1: there's a day for everything there's a
4: it's
1: probably like swiss cheese day too or something ridiculous like that all right i had uh in here i got a behavior question for brian as soon as i can dig it up a uh, quick little question for you, Brian. There's uh, uh, We're having an unusually hard time house training our new pup. She's a, a shepherd-husky lab mix, and she's six months old right now. I understand she's still a puppy. We need to have some patience. However, we set timers all over the house uh, and, and take her out on, on a schedule, uh, and she'll go outside, but does her business when she comes back in. Hmm. Any suggestions?
2: Uh, I think we had the same question last Planners' Wart Appreciation Day, didn't we?
1: I <laughs> did. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, If I if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, it'd be it would be nice to get a little bit more information, but um, this is pretty common. They're doing. It sounds like they're doing at least part of the job correctly, getting the dog on a schedule. Schedules are really important for dogs when it comes to housebreaking and uh, behavior in general. Uh, they respond very well. To regular routines. Um, now, if you notice, if you've already pinned it down to the fact that the dog is eliminating somewhere right after you bring him in, keep a close eye on the dog. Now, if the dog starts, if the dog seems to be hiding or waiting for you to uh, leave the room, then you're probably correcting your dog too harsh. Uh, housebreaking issues should not be corrected in a harsh manner. Is uh, it's it's very difficult for the dog to understand that. Uh, and, um, so all they'll do is they'll, they'll start hiding or wait for you to turn your back and then they start going. And then, um, you know, uh, pet owners typically think that this is done out of spite, but really the dog is just, uh, Hey, you know, anytime the owner's around, I, uh, you know, they, they lose, they, they, they lose their patience with me and they, they, they yell at me. So they just tend to hide it. So, uh, uh, keep an eye on that. And if the dog does seem to be hiding, then re- remember to, not use a harsh tone of voice when you're correcting the dog, but more of a uh, excited tone or a tone that indicates, Hey, let's, let's get out. Let's get to the right area quickly. So maybe ushering the dog quickly to the door and going outside so that so the dog understands that there's a time and place for it. And, um, uh, but if the dog is just plopping down somewhere and going, um, you might just want to keep your dog outside a little bit longer and watch for what, when the dog actually goes to the bathroom. And make sure you praise the dog at that time. So the dog starts getting the sense that, oh, okay, this is why I'm outside. And and, uh, once the dog does get that that, uh, clear message, then they start making it uh, uh, a short, simple process. They won't go sniffing and playing and goofing around outside. They'll go out, they'll do their business, and they'll come back in. So my guess is you're probably not keeping an eye on them close enough and and, and waiting for the dog. You just leave them out for a few minutes, go back to – you know, uh, playing uh, uh, some phone uh, phone game, and then you come back a few minutes later and let the dog back in. Yeah, so uh, I would I would look at those two things, either too harsh of a correction or you're not leaving your dog out long enough for them to do their business.
1: Right on, right on. One
0: thing I found was very helpful with my own dogs, and I've offered it up to my clients as well too, is to train your dogs to go on command. Um, find a key word that indicates you know let's go potty or whatever else and uh um you know every time they do go and you're watching them keep repeating it over and over again in a happy tone and uh you know kind of encourage them to to do that and eventually like I'll tell my dogs um (laughs) well at the end of the night last pee (laughs) that gets them up they could be in a dead sleep and that gets them up and outside so you know that, that's great
2: advice always try to associate a word with with the action and you're gonna you're gonna feel kind of silly doing it when your dog is squatting saying hey that's a good good pee good outside good potty whatever you say you're gonna feel silly at first but the dog's gonna start associating that word with uh, with the action and then yeah then then at, at that point once you get that instilled in them then if they have to go anytime in the near future once you say that word it'll trigger them and they'll start know, uh, uh, going more on command, so to speak.
0: I started doing that when I went camping with my dogs. This was years ago, dogs that have since passed. And one of my dogs, um, he just absolutely refused to go number two when we were camping and he wouldn't go. It was like five days. And I said, okay, that's just not good. So that's when I started doing the, the command training. And and that helped. That helped the problem. From there on out, I never had issues with him. Anytime we went camping,
1: Brian, that's like you. You you can't go on vacation either, can you? No, can't do it. You no, know? <laughs>
3: <laughs> gotta be at my home place. Oh, yeah. right.
1: uh, I need. That's to... why I can't have a job because I have to come home to do my business.
2: It's that's... really debilitating.
1: So animals are so important to our lives, but there's these uh, misconceptions that uh, I got a top I got a list of uh, some of the misconceptions uh, we have with with animals, and uh, the first one's right up your sleeve there, Brian, uh, that you can't teach an old dog new tricks um, that being a misconception can you teach an old dog new tricks Brian
2: you absolutely can, yeah, it just requires patience it's the same as us, Jamie, you know um, If you were to go back to college right now, you know, you'd probably feel a little rusty. You know, your studying skills might not be what they were. You're not in that mode right now. But you could still certainly you could go back and 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 learn. Same way with dogs. Uh, Dogs. Now, if the dog has has had a bad habit for five or six years, uh, then trying to train him out of habit could be challenging depending on on what the, the habit is. But you can absolutely you can train a dog at any age. Um, you can, you can even, uh, you know, dogs that are rehomed yeah. at three or four or five years of age, uh, given a new name, they'll start responding to it. So uh, they're very pliable like that. You can, you can teach uh, old dogs, old cats, new, new tricks.
1: yeah So, yeah, that's a, that's a myth. That is misconception. Number been nine. Busted. You yeah. can't, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Myth number eight, uh, misconception number eight is about camels. Lillian, uh, what do you think the misconception about camels? would be what uh, what do you think a, a misconception about camels is
4: um
1: what do camels have
4: well maybe that they attitude have, have <laughs> <Bad>
1: attitude <laughs> about wednesdays no what, what lilyan go ahead.
3: Um, maybe that they always have they always have to have two humps
1: that they always have to have two humps what's in their humps
4: Ooh. uh they store energy
1: yeah so people think there's water in there is a, oh, I a mess- was about
4: to say water. Wow, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lillian, we're gonna have to have you tutor Sam. <laughs> so yeah, so there's uh, they use them, they use them, the the, the fat in there for for energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, another misconception is that uh, the the big cats um, have a a killer instinct uh big cats are, are natural natural born killers uh and they're not as ferocious as as you might think they're just as playful as 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 small cats um misconception number 6 cats are selfish and uncaring michelle uh is that a is that a true or not is our cats selfish and uncaring
4: no not at all the minute i come home from work at the end of my day i sit on my couch and my cat runs down the stairs and sits on my lap every oh. day
1: I know my, my guy is like a he's on somebody's lap right now. I, I'm amazed he's not in here harassing me. Um, so another misconception is uh the whole alpha male theory, Brian. So, your whole the whole book you were working on is going out the window. <laughs> the whole alpha male in wolf packs, the whole theory, uh, is, is flawed. Um, the it's 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 a theoretical foundation that uh, wolf packs have something called the alpha male leading it uh but that's not always true um actually a lot of times the women run the show there uh lice lice is the consequence of being unhygienic lice is the and that's not true Uh, misconception number three dolphins are docile and chill samantha you're gonna get a tattoo of a dolphin aren't you Definitely. Yep. No. <laughs> two of them no. doing the yin and the yang. Yeah. No. Don't. Oh wow! Oh no. <laughs> yeah, but dolphins. You Not know, you style. get this. Everybody thinks, oh, they're so chill. Dolphins can be pretty mean. You get them riled up, they can, they can, they can get pretty mean. Um, Lillian, you might know about this one. Misconception number two: Chameleons change color for camouflage. Do you know about chameleons much?
4: Um, kind of, but not, they, not as much as snakes.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do change colors. Uh, but it's not always it's not always for camouflage. Uh, it uh, actually showcases their emotions and uh, body temperatures and state of mind. Uh, moreover, than uh, you know, wish
0: humans could do that.
1: Yeah, you'd be able to. And like a uh, moon ring. <laughs> the number the number one here on this list is that anteaters snort ants. <laughs> they usually, they usually uh, leave that to the illicit drugs and they pick up the ants and eat them. They don't actually snort them. That would hurt. Yeah. So yeah. That'd be uncomfortable. Laugh really hard and spit milk through your nose. You know what that's like. <laughs> All right. I got a couple more. I got a couple more uh, misconceptions uh, I found uh, to add to the list. A couple more that uh, deers are responsible for deer ticks. That's not true. Uh, it was and Carol Baskins. That's what it was.
2: Oh my God. <laughs> Carol Baskin. Carol <laughs> <laughs> Baskin.
1: Another misconception about animals is that uh, Scooby Doo is actually Scrappy Doo's father. Uh, and that's not true. That's a misconception. No, that's not true. It's actually Shaggy. Um, <laughs> oh. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh,
4: wait. What? Ew.
1: <laughs> 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 penguins, <laughs> penguins wear tuxedos. That's a misconception. They're actually wetsuits.
0: I th- is this a joke? What?
1: <laughs> and then uh, another misconception is that unicorns are not real. Yes, they are. Shut up. They're real and they're fluffy. <laughs> so there you go. Misconceptions about animals. I'm glad I'm cracking myself up. Um,
0: hey, you ever see the picture on Facebook of the puppy with a tail in the middle of his head? It looks like a
1: unicorn. Oh, does, he, does he really have a... Misshapen thing. Yeah, is. Oh, it
0: was born oh. with a tail on its head.
1: Oh,
4: oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> All right, I got something in the medical in the medical realm here. It's uh, we need advice on caring for a pigeon overnight. We found a pigeon whose wing is hurt. Uh, it seems okay otherwise, no obvious wounds. We have it in a, a ventilated box with a blanket. Uh, we have a wildlife center nearby, but it doesn't open uh, until early tomorrow, so we'll be keeping this pigeon for the overnight. Uh, what should we feed it? Um, what, how should we care for it uh, for this 10 hours we'll be looking after this bird?
0: Well, probably your best bet is keeping it in a covered area like a box. Um, giving it some water um, and also maybe some bird seed if you have any of that just so that you have something in there for it it may or may not eat and getting it into the wildlife center if it's still having a problem tomorrow Um, sometimes it's just a mild injury and and birds are pretty resilient but if it looks like it's holding the wing down and dropping it low um, it could be a break or some type of injury so um overnight keep it in a dark quiet place um and uh, that would be your best bet
4: keep keep it away from any of your cats or dogs because Stress <laughs> with the birds they don't do well with stress so the least stressed you could do the better
2: mm-hmm. um man i'm glad you guys are here because i i got that all wrong i would have <laughs> chewed up a june bug and spit it into its beak <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that would be wrong is that what you're saying that would be wrong
4: <laughs> yeah, no, you don't need to do that.
1: No. <laughs> oh, hey, Matthew, Brian, I sent you guys uh, each uh, an email, and and Michelle, uh, you're new to the game, so we're gonna pick we're gonna pick on you today. Uh, sure. with a little game that we like to oh, play. Oh, great! or fiction. Nice, 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 yeah. You decide. All right, Michelle. Here's how this works: we have three headlines. Three headlines ripped from the news. Two are two are absolutely true. One is completely false, made up by me earlier as I was grilling chicken. At <laughs> what chicken. At what point
3: did you sense that email?
1: In and out, in and out, in and out. Did I Did I send that email? I don't have it, Jamie. I didn't send the email. Did I hit? Can me? I
4: Can I read one?
1: Um. Yeah, if I can find my email.
4: No, he's not going to let me. <laughs>
1: Uh, I sent it Oh I sent it to the wrong
2: Hey Michelle, let me give huh? you a little Let me give you a little hint It's usually the The most normal sounding headline Is the <laughs>
4: is
2: the
3: false one? Usually, usually yeah. yeah.
2: Or if it sounds like there's a There's a uh,
3: grammar error in it <laughs> <laughs> Sam would know Because he never
1: gets it right Anyway <laughs> I was sitting in my outbox here and now it doesn't want to send. All right. It's, uh, it's saying it's sending. All right. <laughs> this is one of the best rehearsals we've ever had. Um,
4: <laughs>
1: oh, did it send did it? Send? Hey did Jamie, it send? Uh,
2: while we're waiting, uh, I do have a, a question for the veterinarians. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Um, you know, it's been a while since I've had a puppy and, um, if I were to get a puppy, what what are the what's the shot protocol these days for for a puppy? What uh, what should people know the first few months uh, when they get a puppy?
4: So when you first get the dog, I would take it to your vet. Um, but they get depends on how old they are when you first start the vaccines. But they need let's at say, least let's say eight week old puppy. Eight week old puppy, yep. perfect. So they get a distemper. And usually that's distemper, hepatitis, parainfluenza, parvo, lepto, like a five-in-one. Nice. Um, so they would get that three times, eight weeks, um, 11 weeks or so, and then 15, 16 weeks, three to four times. They're done at 16 weeks, and they get them every three weeks until they hit that 16-week mark. Um, mixed in there, too, we usually do a Bordetella vaccine around 10 weeks of age. And they get rabies um, at their six week at their uh, sixteen week visit.
2: Okay. Well, it's, it, pr- it hasn't changed much then since the last time I, I had a puppy. It's pretty much the same. No,
4: the only new one out there is canine influenza. Um, that was a new virus that started a few years ago in Michigan, and so that one, if you're interested, some clinics require it for boarding or grooming. So if that client is going to do that with that dog, then we talk about that then. Okay. And the other thing
0: to consider, too, is if you have a Doberman or a Rottweiler, their immune systems tend to develop a little bit later. So we like to extend those vaccines every three weeks until they're about 20 weeks of age, 18 to hmm. 20, um, because sometimes um, they're still susceptible to something, even at the 16-week point.
2: And that was that was Rottweilers and what other? And Dobermans. 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 Mm.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, they look, uh, so They are they part of the same uh, family?
0: You know, we don't even know really why they tend to be like that, except for that their immune systems just develop slower. And I've seen that happen, especially in rots. I worked for a while near the Detroit area, and we used to see a lot of rottweilers coming in. And if they didn't get those vaccines past that point, you could almost guarantee they'd get parvo. Hmm. Yeah.
3: Mm. Brian, are you thinking about getting another uh, critter? Because usually your your neighbor's dog comes over, so well,
2: fill, Yeah, you know what? Uh, that, that's that's pretty astute of you, Matt, to pick that pick up on that because um, they no longer have their dog. Um, oh, I can't get my fix anymore. You know. It's okay. And, um, and we've been talking about it. it's really weird. You know, I haven't had a dog in a few years, and um,
1: I'm getting the itch. I guess. All right, fair got
0: on rescue. <laughs>
1: We, we got yeah, plenty we, of
0: dogs. We know a
1: yeah. lady with a rescue. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. All right. Did that yeah, email? We got some
0: really cute little puppies too. They're not ready yet, but we've got two litters of puppies. It'll be ready in a few, in a couple months.
2: What what uh, what breeds are they?
0: Well, one litter is Chihuahua mixes, and the other litter is apparently something on the order of mom is like a Beagle mix of some sort, I think, and dad appears to be an Aussie because quite a few of them came out as Merle's. So we're kind of guessing they're Aussies so.
2: man. that's not a very flattering mix. I mean, <laughs> bark and Aussie energy. I don't know about that.
0: Yeah, well, That's the only thing that's holding me back is that Aussie energy. I like to come home and just chill out with everybody. And the last right. thing was a dog bugging me.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, I, I, for, for years I had whippets and um, uh, you know, people, they look at them and they're such an athletic looking dog. They're thin, they're just muscle and, and, and bone and, and, um, people think that the dog just runs all the time. They're big couch potatoes, actually. Yep.
4: They like to burrow.
2: Yeah. They like to burrow, they, yeah, they so like to burrow behind you while heart. you're, while they you're in the I couch. Like so they, yeah, yeah. absolutely. There's a lot of
0: couch potatoes at my house right yeah. now. <laughs>
2: yeah, they're, they're good snugglers. So, uh, yeah. I'm probably leaning. What was the other mix? You said chihuahua mix?
0: Um, chihuahua mixes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they will be little dogs. Those ones will be little dogs. Not yeah. super, super little, but little. So, but we get dogs all the time. I mean, we've got quite a few other dogs that are um, available for rescue and they're, you know, they may be a little bit older, but uh, certainly any dog, like you said, you know, old dogs can learn new tricks. So it doesn't matter what their age is. Do you
1: know, really Brian, do you them. need something more in like a, a poodle range? That's something a little more hyper, hypoallergenic?
2: Yeah. Yeah. The kids are... Um are uh, a little sensitive to that and so is my my wife. Um
1: so but yeah it's probably
2: probably something a little milder but uh you know it's a little easier on the on the respiratory system.
0: Mm-hmm. Well Did- it's too bad that you didn't uh speak up when we were doing all those rescues in St. Clair and getting all those uh dogs out of that <laughs> breeder facility.
2: You know what? I'm afraid I'm afraid of my I don't trust myself. If I if I walked into your clinic I'll say yeah I'll take that one, that one <laughs>
1: going home with a truckload <laughs> right yeah. um, one of our
3: uh, one of our uh, facebook watchers just said hey my, my dog is eating a lot more and taking more walks so at least there's a that's a good thing
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, that email did come through my friend okay yep, excellent it. all right hey all right michelle oh, great game on <laughs> Two head, three headlines. Two are true. One, one is false. Sam, did you get your uh, copy of it? I sent it to Sam. Likes pizza. Ha.
2: Yes, that's my email. All right. Yes.
1: All right. So uh, there you go. So uh, somebody read a headline. Brian, right, start us off. Okay.
2: Uh, story number one. You ready, Michelle? Yep. The headline reads: "The dog that knows the names and categories of its one hundred toys." Wow.
3: Oh. Headline number two, cows talk to each other about how they feel. Study finds.
0: And number three, the dog that knows sign language helps deaf owner shop.
2: (laughs) All right, so the three are, once again, uh, story number one, the dog that knows the names and categories of its 100 toys.
3: Uh, Number two, cows talk to each other about how they feel. Study finds.
0: And number three, the dog that knows sign language helps deaf owner
4: shop. All right,
1: Michelle. I guess I would
4: say the top, the deaf owner one.
0: Thank you, Mr. Know It All!
4: <laughs> I get it? Yes! the
1: he took my advice uh, well. oh so oh, matt well. tell us about uh, that story that you had
3: yeah so this comes out of uh the independent um cows talk to each other about how they feel through their moves according to the new study uh animals have uh individual vocal characteristics and change their pitch depending on their emotions, according to this research at the University of Sydney. So uh, Alexandra Green, uh, study's lead author, said cows are gregarious social animals. In one sense, it's, it isn't surprising they assert their individuality, identity, throughout their life. So cows can talk to each other and about how they feel. There you go.
2: Move. Had no idea. Move, move, move. I had no idea. <laughs> and uh, there's a dog in Norway who knows not only the names of her toys, but also the names of different categories of her toys. And she learned all just by hanging out with her owners and playing her favorite game. And of course, it's It's a border collie. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You saw that coming, right? (laughs) That's another
0: breed that I'd like to have, but I don't have the energy to have.
2: No, that's a, that's a bun. That's that's a that's a tough uh, a tough dog to keep up with, you know. And and when you have a dog like that, that's quick and smart and active. Um, if you're not, if you're into that, they can get themselves into a lot of mischief because yes. that that active mind and uh, and body is going. They're, they're going to find something to get into. So you got they, they need to work. They're herding dogs. They need to work. They love it. You
0: know, and that's a good topic too for people. Um, I don't know if you want to address it today, but maybe on another time is what kind of breed of dog to get, because a lot of people don't think about the breed that they get prior to getting it. And they end up with a dog that does not fit its lifestyle.
2: That's um, right. We, we've talked about that uh, uh, quite a bit, actually, that, yeah. that uh, you know, there are hundreds of breeds of dogs, you know, the AKC recognizes, you know, 170 plus breeds of dogs worldwide. There's probably more like 500 breeds of dogs, and they're all bred for different reasons. Right. And they so there's there's a dog out there that will fit your lifestyle, and you know what you like to do. Uh, so you do, should do some research. And now it's easier than ever to do to do research. Uh, AKC actually is a really good uh, resource because they have um, a breeder directory and also uh, complete profiles of the breeds. And you really want to look into the you know, behavioral propensities of each breed, so you know what you're in for. Right. Whether you live in a a condo where there's a little room or, you know, lots of acreage, there's there's a dog that's going to fit that lifestyle.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I had um, some clients that were elderly that ended up adopting, after their dog passed away, they ended up adopting two Border Collie puppies. Hmm. And right from the very beginning, I told them that was a mistake, but they were not going to let those dogs go. And eventually, the man passed away, and the wife could not handle the two dogs, and she did turn them over to us, and we found homes for them. But we had to separate them because they had actually developed problems being together, even though they were sisters. Well, you know, sisters can develop mm-hmm. problems, but yeah. um, that was a really tough situation because the lady was going into an assisted living home and couldn't take the dogs. And she was so sad, but it was like, that should never have happened to begin with. They yeah. should never have been placed in that home.
2: Right. And you know, when I used to train and, and do classes. Um, it was so widespread. You know, it, I would almost expect, you know, any given class to see some young 20 year old, 115 pound pregnant woman bringing in a three-year-old bull mastiff if that's out of control. I mean, it happened all the time, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Now, did, didn't you think maybe to train this dog when it was tiny? Yeah. <laughs> that's oh. problems, but um, yeah, there's mismatches in all sorts of different ways. Um, and sometimes people are just, you know, they, they may be taking a dog that um, needed a home and they didn't really, you know, uh, have much of a choice as far as they, they saw it, but yeah, you really want to look into that, you know, and, and we we're talking about the beagle before. In Livonia, there's a beagle about three blocks away <laughs> that would just keep every, the whole neighborhood up.
4: Oh, I one of those. Every, yeah, do you? And we have one that lives behind me. Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah, do a little research and figure out what that beagle was bred for, yeah. and, you know, and then you you, you get a better idea of what you're in for when, uh, you know, when the dog fully develops that bar.
0: Yeah.
1: Hey Lillian, you've been hanging out. I'm so glad you decided to stick around with us. Can I, can I torment you with another uh, trivia question?
4: Sure. Go ahead.
1: All right. <laughs> get your thinking too Here we go. Which bar of soap, which bar of soap is most like a porcupine Irish spring, ivory or dove? Which bar of soap is most like a porcupine? Irish Spring, Ivory, Ivory or Dove? Which one? No, which one is most like a porcupine? Irish Spring, Ivory or Dove?
2: Lily, don't try to think about this logically. It's a dopey question. So
1: <laughs> remember, I'm a dopey guy. So yeah, it's it's probably a dopey question.
4: Wait, can you repeat the answers?
1: Porcupine like soap. Yeah. Irish Spring, Dove, or uh, uh, Ivory?
3: Come on, Lillian. Educate Sam. Um. <laughs> I
1: have no clue. Uh, Houston, we have a problem.
3: Dove. <laughs> oh, <it's>, uh,
1: no. <laughs> no, it's ivory, ivory. That's what I thought. Ivory, ivory wow. soap floats and all porcupines float. And so do little tiny rocks. All right. No, so that was like a... All right. I have another one. It's even more ridiculous than that, Lillian. Hang on. <laughs> this one's even yeah. worse. Why am I doing it? I don't know. All right. So your rooster is born deaf. Lillian, you get a rooster, but it's born deaf. It's very sad. You want to teach them how to crow. Um, what should you do? Should you send them to a school for hearing impaired poultry? Uh, watch... Have him watch you and have him read your lips while you repeat the phrase cock-a-doodle-doo 24 times a day, or do nothing.
4: Do nothing.
1: Yes, yes. Roosters, uh, even born deaf, will uh, learn how to crow. Uh, Hold your calls, America. We have a winner. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Cock-a-doodle-doo.
1: Uh all right those were those were uh surprisingly almost like bad jokes really Yeah uh, kind of like kinda, bad jokes Yep which brings us uh to this part of the show Who's bad It's time for the bad animal joke of the week uh, bad? bad animal joke of the week all right, I got a couple of bad animal jokes. Lillian, do you have any animal jokes? Do you have any jokes at all? Um, all right, right, I'm gonna give, I'll do mine. If you can think of it, <laughs> you can think of a joke, because yours will probably beat mine regardless. If you can think of a joke, you don't have to. No pressure. All right, so uh, why did the kangaroo stop drinking coffee? <laughs> Samantha, why did the kangaroo stop drinking coffee?
0: Um, Because he likes decaf. She, I
1: don't know. She got too <laughs> jumpy. Oh,
3: my God. That's not even funny.
1: All right. Uh, (laughs) uh, How much money does a skunk have? None,
4: because they're skunks.
1: (laughs) One cent. All right. My girlfriend told me to stop acting like a flamingo. I had to put my foot down. Uh, All right, one more. One. Well, oh, Lillian, did you think of a joke?
4: This one was recommended by my dad. <laughs> oh,
1: dad okay. joke. Here we go.
4: <laughs> why did the monkey fall out of the tree?
1: Oh, why did the monkey why? fall out of the tree.
4: Cuz he has no arms. <laughs> um because it was dead. <laughs>
1: oh man. Oh wow. Not
4: done. I'm not done. Oh, done. Why did the other monkey fall out of the tree? Why did the other monkey He was dead fall too. Because monkeys see,
1: monkey do. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had another one. I'm going to leave it with that. I'm going to leave yeah, it. Leave. I'm going <laughs> to leave I'm it up here, man. Leave one more. That's it. Right there. <laughs> Samantha, how do people uh, find out about us?
3: Oh, yeah. Um, we are the Animal Talk Radio podcast. Um, So we have our website, www.animaltalkradio.com.
0: Um, And then we have our merch site, wearingfunny.com. So you can go buy some merch there. And then we have all of our social media pages, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. They're all at Animal Talk Radio. So you can
3: connect with us on there.
1: Excellent. And the uh, Serenity Animal Hospital is serenityanimalhospital.net. Correct. Alright, yep. so you can find out about the, the, the daycare and the vet care and all the, the, the animals that are looking for homes. You can find all that information. Do you guys have like webcams on the on the animals that are, are hanging out in the daycare?
0: We're working on that. We're okay. getting it set up. It's
1: like the Eagle Nest Cam. People just sit there and watch <laughs> that for hours. It's uh, <laughs> awesome. Lillian, thank you for uh, hanging out the whole time. I appreciate it. We'll have you. I'll let you know when Brian. Brian's going to get a hold of me and he'll feel, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And then I'll, I'll let you know when he's going to be back. Thanks for being with us uh, and letting us subject you to all the silly trivia. Dr. Michelle, Dr. Karen, thank you.
3: You're welcome.
1: Everybody, You're welcome. Thank you. Please, Till next time, have an exotic week.
4: And kiss world for me.
1: Yay.